A young scholar from Ipswich or Suffolk, don't really talk about Ipswich that much, but he once said, I'm going to pick up the pieces and build a Lego house. And if things go wrong, we can knock it down. Welcome to This Week in Metropolis. The latest pop culture news with your hosts, James and Matt. Welcome to This Week in Metropolis. And welcome to another episode of This Week in Metropolis. This week we are delighted to be joined by Lego artist. That's right. And I mean, there's there's probably so much more and we'll let Warren explain that. But we're joined by Warren Ellsmore. Warren, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. No, no, we appreciate it. And, you know, um, to, to let our viewers and listeners know, you're actually over in Washington at the moment, I assume, for an exhibition of, of some of your your art as such. Yeah, we've got one of our exhibitions opening at the National Building Museum in Washington, D.C. Uh, next weekend. So I'm here right now helping, finishing up the install, doing press for them as well. Um, so you get me from a very salubrious hotel room inside. <laughs> <laughs> we, we again we really appreciate you joining us and um that, that's that's incredible we were just saying prior to joining the, the show live that the the kind of attention that your kind of work gets really and the fact that you're going as you know you at the moment you're in the states what does your work take you here there and everywhere then across the globe or uh it, yeah it does i mean most of it is uk based i think mm. we're we're based in edinburgh um, mm-hmm. So most of our work is for um, museums and galleries and exhibitions and stuff is UK based, but we've done quite a few in the US. Um, we do corporate work as well. So last week I was in Lisbon for a corporate gig, and then a few weeks before that, Copenhagen. Um, so yeah, it does does get me around a fair amount, but uh, not too much. Good. It's nice to be home sometimes. <laughs> So where where did your uh, relationship with Lego start? So what what was the the starting point for your love? Uh, can't tell you because I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. It was it was when I was little. But um, so as far as my mum and dad can remember, there was always Lego around from when I was really tiny. Um, so I used to play with Lego as a kid. Massive Lego fan. Had you know got the Lego catalogue back in the day when it was printed and you had to pull it out and look at it and go, right, I want to ask Father Christmas for that and I want to yep. get that for my birthday and this and the other. Uh, so it's always been around, to be honest, apart from apart from a few years, kind of like 15, 16 to early 20s when you get interested in other things. Mm. But um, yeah, apart from then, it's, it's always been around and it's just kind of, it's not stopped. So what brought you back to it then? What was the, the change of perspective with Lego at that age? <laughs> So I came, I came back as a fan when I was 21, something like that, just as an, as an adult fan of Lego, which I'm guessing a bunch of your viewers and listeners will be aware of. But for people that aren't adults that play with Lego, why not? Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> there, there, there are plenty of those uh, that mm. listen to this show, certainly. Yeah. Um, so, so I came back to it at that point and um, joined the UK's adult fan of Lego fan club, which was called Brickish, um, ended up becoming the chairman of Brickish at the same time that my uh, publisher was talking to me about doing a book with some of the models. Um, at the same time, I'd done a massive model, which was getting suppressed. And I got asked by the Danish, well, I got asked by Lego um, on the Danish tourist board to build something for the London 2012 Olympics. Wow. So, um, and at the time, I still had a day job. So it was, it was busy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's always, you know, it's, it's always been the dream just to, you know, get paid to play with Lego. And mm-hmm. it seemed like all of those things happened at the same time. So it seemed like I'll give this a chance now because I'm never going to get as good a chance yeah. as that. Um, and yeah, that was 11 years ago now. So That's incredible. And, and it's funny you say this about kind of being an adult and almost having a look again back at them sort of things that kind of gave you that buzz as a kid and you know it's it's ironic really because I'm drinking a bit I don't know what you're drinking this evening Matt but 
I picked this up from the supermarket and I've mentioned it, but Northern Monk rocket lollies. I mean, rocket lollies is something as a kid that we loved. And this is one of my favorite beers, but, um, while I'm, it does taste like rocket lollies as well. It really does. I mean, I can't imagine a Lego flavored beer would, uh, get, you know, do very well, (laughs) but, but you're right. Lego. I mean, I grew up loving Lego. I mean, at some point, like you say that, I go into toy shops, I've got a six-year-old and a three-year-old, and, and Matt, yours are, are slightly older than mine, but the same thing. I think reliving that through your kids almost perks the attention up again because mm-hmm. we go into toy st- stores now and see, like, a huge kind of Star Wars um, model, like, you know, the you know, um, one of the big ships or whatever. I can't think of the name off the top of my head. Millennium but... Falcon. Yeah, Millennium Falcon. And you see that in in a in a toy store, and you think, wow, like the time that's gone into that. And and there's yeah. people I know who are adults like like us who are, you know, they're the ones that are buying these these huge models to make. Mm. Oh yeah, I mean, back back when I started, it was if it was the case, you didn't know about it. Some right, of the yeah. adult fans of Lego pre well pre-internet you know there's there's mm. there were news groups going on pre pre the web and stuff like that so it's been around for a long time but back when i started it was still pretty niche mm. and people kind of look at you like look out the corner of your eye going <laughs> sure yeah. you're still playing with kids toys um but yeah that's one thing that's massively changed in the last decade or so is that you know it's okay to play with toys and lego lego have caught onto that i mean you can spend a lot of money well. on a lego set these days <laughs> That that was going to be one of my questions, which to uh, today I I saw, which I will um, try and to uh, share, which I, I'm sure you you would have uh, seen, um, which was um, this incredible thing, um, yeah. which is uh, for for the listeners is uh, essentially a Pac Man arcade machine um, made out of Lego. Which the the thing that absolutely amazed me was you can turn a handle and it moves. The ghosts uh, around on it as well which is mind-blowing um what do you think of um the sets aimed at adults because they're, they're very very expensive and, and it's, it's not meant to be a loaded question it's really just your um mm. opinion on it because i i love lego but i love the accessibility of lego and it's you know that you can build what you want and so on yeah um but but sometimes i do give some of those sets a bit of a side glance thinking that's like 500 pounds or whatever yeah. and that is definitely for the niche sort of collector as such what are your thoughts on those sort of yeah. things i mean i guess for me it kind of depends on the set so yeah. i'm not a big star wars fan at all mm. yeah. so massive millennium falcons and atats and star destroyers and all that sort of stuff saying he's not a fan of them and then mention three of them but you know that <laughs> <laughs> um, that that's because i know there are lego sets of them um yeah. but so that sort of stuff has never bothered me at all yeah um this i mean there's some really nice stuff there's mm. um but some of it I, I totally get some of it you kind of look at and go that's an awful lot of money for yeah. whatever it is and I, I, it's not something you're going to play with it's something you're going to build yeah. and put on the shelf and look at and so yeah i mean we we still buy lego sets to play with every so often but we buy what we like and there's a load of stuff that we're just like nah there's nothing yeah. for me I'm not gonna spend i mean even the the lord of the rings rivendell set the lego released yeah. not so long ago really pretty i mean really really pretty it's 600 odd quid mm-hmm. and like it's got to be seriously pretty for me to spend 600 quid to yeah. put it on a shelf yeah so Crazy. yeah i'll not I'm not going to go for that one. <laughs> and, that, and I, I went to. I think one of the key things you say there about something looking pretty on a display, you know. And I think that's one of the key things. I took my son uh, to uh, an exhibition in in Norwich, where we're based, um, and it was a, a dinosaur exhibition. Absolutely stunning, but but not just the fact that you you know it's not just a, a few bits of scenery and then a T Rex in the middle. It's that. It's vast, I think, and the detail in them is incredible. Um, just from anything from if it's a water feature one and things like that, just I think you kind of forget the layers in it as such and, and just forget that they're small, you know, even like Matt just said with that Pac-Man um, model. It's, it's just the detail in it is incredible. 
it's What's evolved the... so much from yeah. figures in a house, I guess. <laughs> exactly, and, so on, isn't exactly. It? and just having kind of a small little board where you you you're putting them yeah. on, or the different yeah. characters and things like that. But what's kind of um, what, what I guess one of the your favourite um, models that you've made? You know, sure I, get asked, I, I get asked it a lot and I always have a different answer because there's always mm. we're always doing different things um so the well actually the, the dinosaurs exhibition that, that you mentioned which is you were very kind because that was one of ours um we did a new dinosaur for that at the end of last year because it's down the exhibition's down in London for most of this year um so I did a new dinosaur for that which was actually really fun to do because I this might sound a bit weird. I did absolutely everything on that. Yeah. So normally, because of time constraints and stuff like that, I might do the design but not the build, or I might have to, you know, they have steel frameworks going inside. I might have to ship that out or whatever. But mm. because of the way the time worked, I got to do everything on that model start to finish, which was really nice. Um, but we've done all sorts of stuff. I mean, I, we've done massive stuff and we've done um, weird corporate stuff that is not interested at all. But some, so a lot of the time it's a smaller thing. So I did a tiny yeah. little, um, like traditional Romani caravan. I mean, it was like that big. It's like tiny little thing. Yeah. I don't know, 50, 60 parts or like that, but it worked really well. And I, yeah. and I really liked it. Um, so that's, that's got a place on the shelf. Um, so it always depends. Yeah. There seems to be, you know, that's the nice thing about this job is you never do anything twice. Yeah. yeah. How do you design them? Like, what's your? If it, I take it, someone will come to you and say, "Right, I want you to build this." What, whatever yeah. that thing is, how does that then trend? What's the first stage in terms of you thinking about? Is it practical? What's it going to look like, and and so on. So, so you're right. They generally come to us with a like, "I want to build uh, the one I was in Copenhagen and Lisbon for a hospital." Um, yeah. And the first thing we'll do is kind of try and sit down with them and have a chat and go well, what do you want to do with the hospital you know what's yeah. what's the reason for building a lego model of the hospital yes it's cool but i'm guessing you know there's going to be some other reason so we'll work out what that is and that will define how we approach the model you know are we doing it are we doing it to be viewed in person or are we doing it to be viewed online because that could be different um is it going to travel you know how often is it going to be shown where's it going to all those sorts of things because that will let me work out physically what it's going to look like and physically how it needs to be built so we'll do that and then we'll propose that back to the customer and go we reckon you should do it like this and then depending on the model at that point it goes one of two ways so it'll either be um pull out a load of bricks and start building stuff so and that and that's exactly the same as anybody would do at home other than yep. we've probably got more bricks and they're probably better organized um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll either do that or um, if it's something like that dinosaur I was talking about we'll want a full digital model of it because right. if it's something that has needs a steel framework inside it for strength which a lot of the big ones do we need to design the steel which means we need to know exactly where the bricks are going hmm. so we create a full digital model of the entire build um, and depending on what we're building down to varying different levels, but we'll have something that we could recreate the entire thing from. And then that lets us measure all the all the things for steel frameworks or flight cases or um, how it's going to come apart for transport or any of those mm. sorts of things. So it, there's probably less than, well, up to 50% of the time we actually spend on something is putting the bricks together. The rest mm. of 50% of the time will be designing it or planning it or, and, and is how, there specific? Sorry, James. I was say, is there specific software that is available to do that sort of thing? Then, yeah, yeah. So there's, um, and it's freely available, so anybody can download it. There's, um, there's two two systems out there. Um, one is called Bricklink Studio, which is from a uh, Bricklink.com, which is a site actually owned by Lego for buying and selling secondhand bricks or new bricks. So it's like eBay for Lego, basically. Um, so they have their own 3D design tools, um, and that's based on an open source tool set called Eldraw from Eldraw.org, uh, which is the one we use. It's probably a little bit user less user friendly, but it's more powerful. If that makes sense, it's more of a yeah. pro tool, I suppose. 
Um, and they basically have modeled all of the, not all, nearly all of the Lego bricks available in the 3D software. So you can basically sit there and you can drag bricks in to, to build something. Um, and then on top of that, we have other tools that we've written ourselves that let us do conversions from from 3D formats or export it to certain ways to a render of it to send it to customers and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we can do a full version of it. And then if, if it's something with instructions, occasionally we do stuff with instructions, then we can actually create all the instructions in that as well and output a PDF wow. that looks basically the same as the ones you get from Lego. That's Amazing. incredible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I would say this stuff's been around for ages. Yeah. This is the bizarre stuff. It's like some of the, you know, those tools have been around for years and years and years. And the Lego community has had basically a, a photo sharing site, um, an early version of something like Flickr that was around five years before Flickr started. <laughs> it's bizarre when you start looking at it. Really pioneering in a, in a way, isn't it? With some of the things. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it's a really... It's it's a really early kind of online community that's grown yeah. up because it's so yeah. specific and so niche um, that it's been online since the year dot and, and created all these things, which is fantastic. Wow. Going going back to the kind of in the process, once once you've planned everything that you're going to do, what, what sort of size? I mean, you've you've mentioned some that you personally will have to build yourself, but yeah. how big's the team? I, I, again, doing research, I think it was just you and. Is it your wife or? At the moment, yeah, it's me and my wife. Um, mm -hmm. So I started out on my own in 2012. And mm -hmm. pre-pandemic, um, we were up to five of us um, as a core team. And then we would, um, you know, we've got a good carpenter that we, we work with and a good metal worker we work with, designers and various other mm -hmm. um, people that have come in. Um, COVID basically flattened most of our industry. Um, yeah. Not just that, you know, not the Lego industry, because that's like two companies, but a lot of our work was museums and galleries and things. Everywhere was shut. Nobody knew what was happening for years on end. So yeah. um, now we're just back to the two of us. Yeah. Um, how how is, did you yeah. adapt with COVID then, Warren? Was it a matter of doing more online stuff and, and putting more, you know, building stuff and then putting it out for people to see just that way? Or um, We thought about it, but it's really difficult to monetize. To be, mm. to, to be honest and one of the things with, with lego models is they take forever to do so mm. you know it's a really slow process so at the start of the first lockdown we released digital versions of all the models from my first book because we already had those and all the instructions yeah. were there um so for free i spoke to the publisher and we got the rights to do it and just put them online anybody could build mm -hmm. this lego they had at home um mm. But after that, we had we had some interesting pandemic days because we had exhibitions out when the first lockdown happened, and we had to go and get them back during lockdown. Oh, so that was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of them was in Northern Ireland, just to make things even more awkward. Yeah. Um, so we had to do all of that, and we had you know a lot of other stuff to worry about, and then we had to kind of worry about how are we gonna how are we gonna restart this. Mm. Um, so. But you know, we we were we were fairly lucky in that most of our models go out and they've got perspex covers on them, so that you're not going to touch them. There wasn't any problem, yeah. with, you know, any of that sort of stuff. We had to extend that to some other models. We had to uh, we got support from the Arts Council actually to create temporary walls so we could give people social distancing and all those sorts of things. Um, and then it slowly started coming back. Um, so we had some stuff out in 2020, more stuff in 21 and 22, and it's pretty much mm. back to normal now but it was it wasn't nice it was definitely yeah. when you're building sorry james i keep into it um when you're building particularly in the larger ones where do you source the bricks from is is there a direct like a bulk thing or how do you get them no um we buy them in exactly the same way that everybody else does Wow. We have no special pricing, no special access, nothing. Um, so we either buy from a Lego store, they have a pick a brick wall at the back where you can go and yeah. pick bricks. Um, we've been doing Which that. Which isn't particularly cheap from what I remember buying it that way, is it? it? It's not. I mean, Lego isn't cheap whichever way you do yeah. it. That can be one of the cheaper ways of doing it, believe it or not, depending on the part, because yeah. you're buying by volume. 
Um, so we've been doing that for 10 years and just slowly amassing stock that yeah. we know we'll use at some point, but, you know, expected at the time. There, uh, Bricklink.com, the site I mentioned, is eBay for, for Lego, basically. So yeah. we buy a lot from there. Um, and recently, we've started sourcing from a factory in China directly because um, right. some of the projects we're doing just need vast quantities of bricks. And yeah. Lego either can't supply them or they can't, you know, it'll take four months to turn up, which is, you know, it's not really worth it for us. Yeah. Um, and the quality is fine. You know, mm. yeah. it's not a problem doing that anymore. Do you have to be aware of what you're calling it then? If you're displaying it, do you, is it, you're referring to it as bricks rather than the brand name as such in those situations? Generally, yeah. I mean, so we, we are not the Lego group, the Lego company. We've got no association with yeah. a Lego company. Um, the way I the way I put it to most people, it's like Ardman make models out of plasticine. Yeah. And everybody knows the relationship there. Although Ardman don't use plasticine, they use a, a different type of modeling clay yeah. entirely. But that's that's what they're known for. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of the same with us as we don't. The exhibitions are, you know, Brick City, Brick Wonders, Brick Dinos, etc. Yeah. Mm. Lego Wonders or Lego Dinos. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, Lego don't want people thinking it's the company doing it. And I don't want people thinking it's the company doing it either. So, you know, yeah. it works fine. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, we've just learned out of practice really and you know what works and what doesn't and it's mm. it's fairly obvious you show a picture of us of something that's made out of bricks it's fairly <laughs> obvious, but it's good. yeah instantly someone's going lego um what gives you having done this like you say since 2012 what gives you that buzz to to keep doing it and to get is it is it a really elaborate ideas is it what what is it that kind of motivates you to think god i want i really want to get involved in this this sounds really exciting i think it's um it's puzzle solving i think is the main mm. is the main thing so when when i'm creating something basically lego is just a big 3d puzzle mm. you know you've got a limited palette of parts you can't create new ones so you need to arrange the parts in a way to make the model of the thing that you're doing look right um, or you need to do it for a structural reason or some reason so it can be easily taken apart but you know there's, there's lots of different queries so it's basically puzzle solving to try and make the bricks fit what you wanted to do and that's what's the most interesting for me i mean we still get projects that i'm not going to mention what they are but they're really dull you know yeah. it's like can you build this out and they go it's like yes and about i can seconds. but i don't want to particularly yeah. <laughs> exactly um so so it's nice when we get the ones that are solving a puzzle of how to do it or how to move it um because like i said when we're designing everything we have to it because of the medium you can't make you can't just paint it a different color or just chop yeah. a bit off or anything like that so you have to know exactly what the end thing is going to look like and how it's going to have to come apart and be moved mm. before you even start so it, it's there's a lot of thought in doing that and that's what's the interesting bit i think and the the interesting thing with that as going back to kind of my own relationship with lego and brick building is some of the things that that my son gets at his age and he'll say daddy can you build this and i, I remember being you know, a young six, seven, eight-year-old thinking, oh, God, you know, I think the instructions are so much clearer now than what they were when I was younger. I don't mm -hmm. know if they've developed that much, but yeah. I'll be making something and go, what was the point of putting that there? You know, it's just mm -hmm. layering up, layering up. Layering. And then all of a sudden, once it's finished, you look at it and you go, that makes so much sense now. And, and like you say, it's that that puzzle solving of, and, and you'll know better than, than us, is, is that to get it to look... As close to perfect, yeah. we need to stick in that thin layer of yellow there just to give it that little hint of colour which it needs, or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um. I, and I, I find it fascinating, and the fact I think you have to be really patient with Lego as well mm -hmm. when you're building because there must be you, well, you, you tell us there must be some major frustrations at times. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Lego just to, as you said, like you know stripes of yellow bricks or whatever lego themselves as a company take that whole puzzle solving bit even further so you'll be building a blue car and going why have i got yellow bits inside and green bits inside and stuff like that but that's because they're different shapes 
Yeah. And they're making it easier for you to build to go, oh, put the yellow one there, mm. the green one there, and stuff like that. Um, until you get to the 18 plus sets, in which case, you know, you're an adult, you should be able to cope with this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we can spend literally months on projects. Um, they are incredibly time consuming, um, especially with, so the bigger, or most of the models we do, and especially the bigger sculptural models are all glued together. And that's mm. not because they wouldn't work without the glue. It's so that we can transport them without them falling to pieces. Mm. Yeah, so I couldn't come to, if I came to DC to build all the models that were in the exhibition, I'd be here for six months. Um, so when we're gluing the models together, that's an absolute one shot. You cannot get it yeah. wrong process. And we glue every single brick to every single other brick. Wow. So it's really, really slow. And you've got to know exactly what you're doing. Um, so the, um, the dinosaur, for instance, that I did last year was about 120, 130 hours on that one. Um, and I'm a quick builder. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've, I've been doing it for 10 years. So if you sit me down with one of the big modular buildings from Lego or something, I can probably do it in two or three hours. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's, it is a very, very slow and time consuming process. And sometimes if you're doing a model with a lot of windows, for instance, so, and most buildings, they all have the same window design because that's how you design a building. But guys, dull. <laughs> <laughs> and another repeat, window. Repeat. Yeah, yeah. yeah you sitting there going, like, I'm going to build 200 windows, and each of them are made out of 30 parts because I made yeah. them look really nice. And, and like, I've lost yeah. count of what window I'm on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What, have what? you got a favourite Lego part? Like, out of all the parts, what's your favourite? Uh, to be honest, the two by four brick. Yeah. Kind of archetypal Lego two by four brick because there is lit oh, like that storage brick that happens to be. Yeah. Um, there is literally nothing you can't build out of those if you've got mm -hmm. enough of them. Um, yeah. And it's it's a, it come back comes back to that puzzle solving thing. It's a really nice thing for me to do. Sometimes it's like you know if I'm doing a build in front of the public or something like that, we'll just use those, and then I have to use my my mind and, and yeah, you know, my brain to work out. How am I going to make this thing? How am I going to make a round surface out of these square bit bricks or a dome or something yeah. else? You know, you mm. get, to, get to spend some time thinking about it, which is nice. My favourite has always been the baguette. The little <laughs> Lego baguettes, I think, are awesome. But especially when they got the groove down the back so the little hands can fit in it. I remember having one of those when I was young. And I think we, we've still got them because my, my boys have got tons of Lego and we, we've, we've kept it all. But yeah, and that's yeah. my favourite. What's in in what you do, Warren? What's kind of competition for you? Is there many people like you who are a, a, a brick um, artist? There's um, there's there are some. There's not a lot of us. Um, probably under fifty kind of companies or people worldwide doing mm. this sort of thing. Um, so there's some competition, but I mean we all know each other anyway. Yeah, I was so going to say, do you do collaborations and things like that at all? Occasionally, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there'll be things that come up that I know a certain person would be really good at because that's the sort of thing they do or that's the sort of style that they're good at. And, you know, I may subcontract them to do it or, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, no, most of the most of the competition either comes from trying to convince somebody they want to do a Lego thing. Because mm -hmm. you get people like all of us who are like, it's Lego, it's cool. And then you get some of the people who go, no, that's stupid, we're not doing Lego. Mm -hmm. um, and if that happens... I, I don't even try and convince them these days. No, no, no. If it, they don't like it, they're not going to like it. it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing is where you know we do things with Lego, but as I said, Arma do stuff with plasticine. I know a fantastic couple of people in the US that do it with balloons. You know, so mm -hmm. they do like they'll do like your balloon dog, but they'll do a full size balloon space shuttle or house. And stuff like that. <laughs> crazy the stuff. Can we get their names, Warren, so we can invite them on as well? But no, it's fine. Um, um, have you ever ventured into my, my three year old would be interested? Have you ever ventured into uh, Duplo, uh, the bigger kind of kids sort of blocks? Um, not a lot. We've got to watch some of it. Um, we take we use the Duplo animals quite a lot because they're right. the right like a Duplo giraffe or elephant or whatever is yeah. the right scale for a Lego minifig. Yeah. Of course, yeah. 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 Um, the thing with Duplo is because it's designed for young kids. It doesn't uh, Lego have a thing called clutch power, which is the amount of power it needs to put the bricks together or take them apart. 
mm-hmm. and because Duplo's designed for younger kids and has less clutch power. Yeah. So if you try and pick up your Duplo model and take it around the house, <laughs> it's, it's probably going to fall yeah. apart. Yeah. <laughs> so it does not work very well for shipping models around the world. <laughs> okay. Have you been tempted to, because um, uh, a big fan of Lego Masters, sort of the, the various regional versions of that, mm. is that something you'd be interested to go on to flex your... Uh, Lego skills as such? Uh, they they do not accept professional candidates. Really? Ah. Yeah. So if you're if you're working it professionally. Um the other reason is I also spoke to the production team when they were developing it. So yeah. and gave them some ideas about how to do it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um so no. <laughs> also I didn't have the time. I mean the amount of time those yeah. people must spend on building models. It's mm. insane. You know, I've I'm never my anything I do professionally it's probably never going to be as good as something somebody could do as a passion project because they'll just spend as much time as they need on it and yeah. i have to kind of call it a day at some point mm. yeah. and and well you you mentioned about time there is one thing i can't overlook is is your books that you've mentioned um mm. and touched upon and, and as as we earlier discussed prior to um coming on air matt actually owns one that he he hadn't made the connection. I when, hadn't made the connection. No. When when I first said that we'd we'd managed to get you um, to to join us on the show, so so tell us a bit about the books that you have written. Yeah, so um, Brick Wonders, the one you've got there, was my second book. The first one was Brick City, which is what kind of kicked it all off. Mm-hmm. Um, they are they're kind of fifty percent cool models to look and pictures to look at, and fifty percent um, instructions for models you can build at home. Instructions versus the model. For example, phenomenal. Incredible. Um, so so yeah, they were good fun. And we I did twelve books in total on different topics over the years. Um haven't done one for a bit, um through varying reasons. I'm not really sure why. Um but yeah, good fun, but oh my god, so much work. Mm. If you know, if anybody who's ever written a book will tell you they are so much work, it's untrue. Um, but it was great for us to have a you know a set kind of topic of, of things to build models around. So I mean, the exhibition tours, all the exhibition tours we've got are based on the same topic as as the books because yeah. we kind of had the models, or we thought, well, if we're developing all this stuff for a book anyway, it seems silly. The two to go together and such. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but yeah, I think we did. I mean, most of them have got 30 or 40 different models that all need designing and then building and then the instructions writing for them, which is, you know, in some cases fairly simple, in some cases quite complicated. Yeah. Um, and then reformatting to go into a book and all that sort of stuff. So they do take an awful lot of time. Is there anything left like that? You, you mentioned sort of passion projects and things like that. Obviously, you've done exhibitions, you've done the corporate work, you've done the books and that. Is there anything left on that list, Lego-related, that you think one day I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that? There's always a long list of, of stuff, yeah. I think, I mean, one of the things that, that everybody I know that, that isn't Lego like I'm, you end up kind of looking at buildings and looking at structures in terms of which piece you would use for that bit or the other bit. You yeah. can't stop yourself. Um, so there's always things that go, oh, actually, that would be quite fun to do. Um, we've got was an exhibition that we're developing at the moment for next summer, which has got a bunch of models in it, including some that actually, yeah, I've wanted to do for a bit and I thought would be quite nice. And it fits with the topic. So I'm kind of right. There we go. That's a, you know, that's that decision made. Um, yeah. So there's always new things coming up. Um, but then stuff comes completely out of the blue. Mm. You know, just looking at something and completely not think about it and go, oh, actually, that would make a really nice Lego model. Um, yeah. So, have it just got? I, I always think in my head. I was saying this to Matt before um, we we all came online this morning, uh, this evening. Um, size, like one, what's the biggest thing you've ever built? And two, I mean, have you ever thought? I, this is ridiculous, and it goes back to the intro to the show. Have you ever thought about building an actual Lego house? Is it possible? <laughs> uh, okay, so the biggest Lego thing we've built, um, there are two depending on how you count it. So we built the largest Lego picture in the world back in 2012 uh, that was 143 square metres. So, <laughs> oh, Jesus. 
It's a common thing that Lego events do. So we do the mosaic, basically. So we have a, like a 12-inch square uh, that we are, and a set of instructions. We ask people to build that square and then put them all together to create a big picture. Mm. And we had a really big event, so we had a really big picture going on. Um, the other Guinness record that we've got is for the largest Lego ship, brackets, supported, close brackets, um, yeah. which we did for the ferry company DFDS. I okay. saw now on your website, yeah. Yeah, so they had their 150th anniversary as a company uh, back in 2016, and they wanted something that to celebrate the anniversary that the entire company could get involved in. So, And they're Danish. So they went to Lego, bought 1.2 million bricks, uh, <laughs> shipped them to every office they have across Europe, um, which included ports and docks and on ship and all sorts of stuff. Um, and then we asked all of those people to build the little bricks into a bigger brick, like a house brick type size thing, ship it back to us, and then we assembled them to make a ship. Wow. wow. Um, so that thing is, in terms of size, it basically filled the back of an Arctic. I mean, it was built inside the Arctic, and then it wasn't ever coming out again. <laughs> um, so it weighed about two and a half tons in total, or something like that. Incredible, isn't Yeah, and so there's pictures of that on our website as well, which is yeah. just, um, mm. it was mad. It was a t- and there's so much bonkers stuff that went along with that project that I've I've got video of that I'm not allowed to share and stuff like that. Of just you know captains on board ship building bricks on a bridge and stuff. Yeah. like that. it's just crazy. Mm. <laughs> That's incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so no, that's, uh, that's, that's what was the other. That was the largest thing we've done. Oh, would would you would you ever be able to build an actual oh, Lego, Lego house? house? A functional Lego functional, house. Functional. Yeah. yeah. Running water. Made out of Lego. <laughs> <laughs> Flushing toilet. You know yeah, all yeah. of these things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> experience. Um, I tried making Lego wine glasses and beer glasses, and they don't tend to hold wine very well. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, a, you, a long time back, James May and his Toy Stories program built mm. a, a full-size house. Um, and funnily enough, when he did that, he went to the, the club I was later became chairman of and said, could we do it? And we all just went, yeah. It's fine. It's easy. It's not yeah. a problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Lego is stupendously strong. You know, yeah. it, um, in terms of compression and stuff, I think somebody did the stats, and you could build a tower halfway to the moon before the ones at the bottom just collapsed, or something. Something stupidly bonkers like yeah. that. You know, I mean, we use Lego bricks to shore up the corners of tables and stuff like that because we've got loads of them around. Um, so yeah, there's no there's no technical problem doing it. It's really just the cost because yeah, yeah. anything we build in Lego costs a lot more than the real thing. Yeah. Mm. You know, a, a full size Lego house is going to be half a million quid or something like that. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, put that on your bucket list, uh, Warren. <laughs> and, uh, we'll, we'll yeah, there's sponsors out there with half a million quid to spare that yeah. they would like to give to yeah. build a Lego house. Definitely. Well, listen, um, Matt, have you got any questions before we uh, move on on to the anniversary spread? Because, Warren, first and foremost, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, Appreciate you taking the time to come and chat to little old us. But um, it's fascinating. I feel like there's loads of questions. I'm sure me and Matt Mm. could uh, ask you. So, we, you know, in a later date, we'd love to have you back on the show. Sounds good. Um, But we will end. It's time um, with for a little bit of fun now. Are you a, a big movie buff or a music gaming? What's your kind of? Are you? you we know you're a child at heart with uh, Lego. Well, yeah, passion for Lego, so that is true. Probably movies out of those things. Out okay. Of those three. Okay. Well, you might, I hope, uh, like this segment. So uh, let's play the uh, the the video for that. Anniversary spread. It's a small video. It doesn't take two seconds. So uh, we'll crack straight on. So um, for those that aren't aware, and Warren, I'll just repeat the rules on this. So I've got five things that are celebrating their anniversary today on the date that this show airs, which is tomorrow, 23rd. Um, Five of them things are celebrating their anniversary. 
And all you guys have got to do is guess what the year was. Uh, closest one to zero at the end is the winner. So um, we always offer our guests to go first. Um, so I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or not, but we'll go mm. with it anyway. Um, so the first thing celebrating its anniversary today is a movie. So I'm hopeful, Warren, that you'll know this one. Um, released on the 23rd of May. But what was the year? It's the film The Shining. Oh, uh, I'm going to go 1981. Okay. Somewhere around that sounds about right. Matt, you've obviously seen the film. I'm hoping you have. It is uh, one of my favourite films. It, I'm going to so, guess... Sorry, just, just for the record, so Warren doesn't think we're... This is all <laughs> big it's not a fix. <laughs> I, I don't know any of these beforehand, just to make no... It's all my responsibility, so... Coincidentally, you chose one of my favourite films. Mm. Um, 1980, I'm going to guess. I think you're on the money. It's it's definitely around, it's around that time, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Okay. This is becoming a bit of a, a familiar theme here because I can reveal that that film did come out in 1980. So as much as I'm saying it's not a fix, Warren, um, the last <laughs> If I flick back through the last few episodes... Last season, I've lost every single week, pretty much. We do blocks <laughs> of 10 episodes, and I got destroyed every week. So it's, exactly. I promise uh, you, it's uh, not fixed. It's a good start, guys, because although you were only one year out, Warren, so you're on to plus one. Matt, you're still on zero. Um, we move on to the next one. So it'll flip over. This time, it'll be Matt guessing first. Um, it's a song that was released on this mm. day, and the song is... I'll be there for you by the Rembrandts or Rembrandts. Um, no, you know the song, Matt? The theme to Friends, yeah. Um, 1994. Okay. I'm going to go earlier because I'm pretty sure it was pretty sure it wasn't that new when Friends used it. I don't know. 1992. Okay. Okay, I can reveal that the song was released in 1990. <laughs> Matt's got his fist there waiting to do like a... Uh, it's a... <laughs> 95. So, is that uh, when Friends came out then? Was oh, it oh I, don't, I don't know if that was necessarily when Friends came out. Actually, there was a, a little fact underneath this uh, when I was reading up today's uh, anniversaries that said the original choice for the Friends sitcom was um a u2 song but they mm-hmm. they ended up saying no it's all right and uh, <laughs> not as well yeah so uh, so matt you were one out you go on to plus one warren you were three out so you got to four so there's still only three in it which is really tight for, um... however last week i think simon who was our guest was something like minus 15 <laughs> and he still ended up winning yeah, so well, this, anything this, can yeah by the time yeah. we came to the penultimate one last week simon was on plus 13 matt was on plus two and he ended up winning but and anyway lost, that, so. we'll get to that We're, we flip back now to warren going first it's another movie so it's in your mm-hmm. favor warren and again i didn't know that you was more of a movie fan, but let's go with it the film indiana jones and the temple of doom oh okay some good films released on this uh, particular day. Film. Uh, I, I'm guessing 86. Okay. Great year. Matt? I'm going to get... My instinct was 85. Again, we're very, very close, aren't we? We're going to... Years because I think Raiders of Lost Art was that 82 or something like that. It was it's quite an early one, it was early, yeah. Because Harrison Ford's like 70 something now. So you're going for 85, Matt? 85, yeah. Okay, camera reveal Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was released in 1984, so very close. One out, Matt. You're on to plus two. Warren, you were two out up to plus six. So there's only four in it. 
I'll take that. Going into the uh, ultimate round. And if anything, Warren, it actually is better for the person who's losing mm. going into the final round because you get to go second because you'll know what the swing is to win it. Hence how Simon <laughs> won last week. And the last one is always a bit of a uh, round. The last one, he picks the most awful thing <laughs> that no one could possibly ever know. Um. Anyway, Matt, moving back to you. It's another song. It's one that's quite close to my heart, Matt. It's uh, Breaking the Law by Judas Priest. Judas Priest. Not the one by Fightstar, which is obviously the, the better version. Um, I'm going to say... <clears throat> 1981 is what I'm going to say for that. Okay. Warren, you familiar with the song? I am, but I have no idea when it was released. Um, I'm going to go for 1980 on the basis that it's not that far out from your guess. Mm. So. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a good guess. It is, my other guess would have been 1980. It's, it's around <laughs> that time. It's from the British Steel album, I believe. It is I think indeed. I've got the album. I can reveal that Breaking the Law by Judas Priest came out in 1980. Cool. Bang on the money there, Warren. So Warren stays <laughs> on plus three. You're one out onto plus three. So there's only three in it, which is a really good place to be in, Warren. This is actually. A... Um, not a, a 14 swing like last week, Matt. Yeah. So, um, okay, so Matt, you will go first because you're um, currently in the lead. And it's a game. I can't reveal what platform it's on, as you're aware, because that might give it away. Is this the last question? This well? is the I'll last one. This is the last question. Right, okay. The game, Retro Boy 3000. Retro Boy 3000. For the listeners, because uh, they're just here in silence at the moment. The show hasn't ended. <laughs> He rubs his eyes in, in oh, tears. Oh, tears. Oh, yeah, that's, I'm just fighting back the tears. I have no idea. I, well, I, I think I have an idea, but okay. I, I don't know. Um, Go we got. I'm going to guess 2013. I'm not confident with that, but I'm going to guess that. Okay. Warren, are you familiar yeah. with the game? <laughs> I know of the game. I don't think I've ever played it. Um, but I've got a feeling it's a PlayStation title. Okay. I can't remember. I can reveal that the other game that was also released that was on my mind for this one, but I thought it was a bit too dark, was Die Pig Die. I can't say I've played that one either. But... No, never heard of that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So, you know, at the moment, there's three in it between you. So... If you wanted to go for either side of Matt's guess. And Matt was what, 2002? Uh, 2013 is what I guessed. Uh, and that is but, a complete guess. I've And that's not based on, on anything, really. I've got a feeling it's older than we might think, so I'm going to go for 2009. Okay. It's a tactical play, that one. Tactical play. Mm. That's what we like. Okay, I can reveal, and it pains me to say this, the game came out in 2013, at uh, 14, <laughs> sorry, 14. He was one out. So uh, Matt moves on to plus four. Sadly, Warren, you were five out, um, so you moved on to plus 11. So Matt is back with a win this week, and somehow, somehow with that last one, which I thought would fool you massively, Matt. <laughs> is it? Linked to Fallout, the it's game. An, it's an Android game. Oh, it's a phone game. Because yeah. in in the game Fallout, they have a thing, and it's it, it's like a communicator, but it's something boy. Um, uh, yes, it does. Isn't that Paper Boy or something like that? I thought. No, it's not Paper Boy. It's. Definitely... Okay. Or is <laughs> that's that a my game? Game. That's yeah. in my youth. <laughs> 
this is, this, you, you know, I Matt, don't I don't play all these games. Um, so it's you need just, to do your research. Uh, yeah, I should do my research. What it, what it is. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Well, listen, Matt, good you're guess. the winner. Uh, well oh. done, you. Warren, very close. That's a that's a low score for both of you, um, actually, on our game. records. And I will be putting together some sort of table with all the guests and what their final score was. <laughs> you need to. Um, and then Matt will uh, buy whoever is top of that um, league a trophy. That's what he's going to do. Awesome. So. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Made out a of Lego. Lego trophy. Yes. I've got one somewhere, I think, so it's fine. Indeed. So well, good. listen, um, just to wrap up again, Warren, thank you so much for coming on. Where can all of our listeners and viewers go and find out more about you? Are you on social media? Are you, is it just your website to focus them? Uh, no, there's the web. Well, the website is warrenelsmore.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can't spell that, just Google for Lego Warren, it'll find me. Um, <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, Facebook is I think Warren Ellsmore, Twitter, Instagram as well. Um, mm-hmm. we're not on Twitch, um, so or TikTok, but we're on the others. Um, but yeah, keep just Google around for me, you'll find details. And if you are in the UK or in Washington DC, we have shows in your way coming yeah. soon. And so we've and we've we've actually got listeners and, and viewers from uh, over the other side of the water. So um, hopefully, cool. if you are in and around Washington, go and check out um, one of Warren's exhibitions. And I'm assuming on your website, it's got all your dates that you're doing things. It has all the dates that are announced. Yes. Um, so there, there are other things coming that aren't yet announced but yeah Yeah. watch this space for that and we'll um you know i I think as with anyone who we have on our on our show excuse me we will share as and when we can see uh, any sort of updates from you so um listen it's been an absolute pleasure if you stick around after the um outro then um we'll we'll say goodbye as well off air but until next week matt um thanks for everyone for joining us thank Uh, you we shall see you soon take care Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite service. Past and future episodes can be found on all major streaming platforms, including Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube. You can also contact James and Matt via Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. They will return in the next This Week in Metropolis. <laughs>